And so I'm actually going to switch gears and explain the island of Cyprus, which is kind of like a travel log. And I'll, I didn't do a ton of research to do this podcast, but I will try to illuminate people who haven't been to Cyprus before what it's like. I'm American citizen and I was traveling with a Ukrainian citizen, my girlfriend, and we actually lived on Cyprus for uh, about a month and a half and rented a car and drove the whole length of the island. You can drive the island. It's not that small. Uh, it sits out in the middle of the Mediterranean, basically. Uh, and to the south, you have Egypt. And if you're going directly east, you hit Lebanon, actually. And I think the fly, I wanted to go to Beirut in Lebanon, but we never made it. So I'll have to go back sometime. There are, of course, if you go on the State Department, U.S. State Department website and say, should we go, should you go to Lebanon as a traveler? It says, no, don't do that. It also says, no, don't go to Cyprus either. And it's just, no, don't, no, yeah, yeah, you don't want to do that. Don't go anywhere, in fact. In fact, you shouldn't even be reading this webpage. So, yeah, you can't really rely on the State Department because I think they have to err on the side of, of caution. And if you travel, you need to err on the side of travel, <laughs> not caution. But Cyprus is not particularly dangerous. And so um, I'll describe the island because it has this kind of interesting history. Um, you, can, you can basically, you, you, you can take a flight into the main airport, which is Larnaca, and that the Cyprus until I think the 19, late 1960s was a British colony. It was owned by the UK. And so when you go to Cyprus and you go to Larnaca, you, the first thing you notice is there's British people everywhere and there's British food and it looks shockingly like a beach, uh, you know, with a bunch of British tourists on it. And it's very nice and it's very accommodating, Larnica. And, and so, um, so that's, that's how you'll get there. And I'm trying to remember now where we flew. I think we flew from Turkey to Cyprus or from Odessa, uh, Ukraine to Cyprus. But Cyprus has this, this, this really interesting um, history because, like I mentioned, it was also annexed by... Um, the, the, by, by Turkey. And they had this huge uh, war there between the largely Greek. This was the, so the, the, the UK, the British left. I actually have to pull up the webpage, but I'm not just going to read it. And I want to get, I want to get a lot of the personal experience of what it's like actually to live there. Cause it's a very interesting experience. Um, but yeah, so, so what happens is, um, it's divided between the Republic of Cyprus in the south and the northern part is basically claimed or annexed territory by Turkey. And the Republic of Cyprus is Greek speaking and basically it's like being in Greece. I've been in Greece and it's very similar to being in Greece. There are some, there are some coastal towns in the, in the southern part in the Republic of Cyprus that have that are very Russian dominated because Russian oligarchs and billionaires have come in there over the years and built up 
like Limassol in particular is this very, very uh, Russian invested in city, but primarily the, the, the southern part has these pockets of British tourism, not very many Americans, to be honest. Not many Americans find their way to the middle of the Mediterranean, actually. Um, and um, but then, like primarily, the population really is of of Greek descent, and the the um, the capital Nicosia, it's, they're speaking Greek there, and so um, that's how that works. And then, what's interesting is on the on the northern part of the island. What I mean by divided is the northern part of the island is Muslim and Turkish. <laughs> And, and the, the Republic of Cyprus doesn't recognize, this is so bizarre, like coming from the United States, it's, it's almost impossible to kind of make sense of this. Like how can a country exist like this? It would be like, you know, like if China just took Maine and a couple of like New Hampshire and a couple of states and just put a Chinese flag there and then, you know, nobody did anything. We just, oh yeah, that part, like the Chinese claim that it's America, but the Americans say, no, it's still Right, like it's it's really weird. So, in and in fact, in Nicosia, in the the capital and also the largest city, um, is divided. Half of Nicosia, the capital, is claimed by Turkish, the Turks, and ha- and the other half of it is officially the Republic of Cyprus. Now, the European Union only recognizes the Republic of Cyprus as the only legitimate government there. So the Turks are considered an occupation. And to this day, you see EU vehicles driving around the capital. Like, like the, it's just unclear what they're supposed to do, right? Like, is there supposed to be some kind of, you know, war or, you know, like, are, are they going to put down some, because it's extremely peaceful going there, right? There's no sense in which there's a, this feeling that you're going to have um, Greek Cypriots or in Turkish Cypriots, you know, all of a sudden restart the, the war, but they had, there was this big, um, annexation. And for people who I actually stayed, we stayed with a couple, um, who's, who actually had knew somebody who was there. I think it was in 1974 when the Turks came in and they took the Northern part of the Island by force and um, they were saying like it was just terrible because if you had a home there and you were like if you were a British citizen and you had a home in the northern part, you just basically lost your house. Like you just like they just said, well, you don't you don't you don't have a, a Turkish passport and you don't have Turkish residence and you're not a Turkish citizen. So you don't own this house anymore. And they just people just like took whatever they could grab and just left and walked to the side that was defended by the Greek Cypriots, which became the Republic of Cyprus. So it's just very strange. And what what it feels like is, so you land in Larnaca, which is on the coast, and um, and these they all have two names, by the way. They're, it's Larnaca or Carinia, depending on um, which you, you know, uh, the, because it has this history. Like every the, all a lot of the towns actually have two names. Actually, Larnaca doesn't. Sorry, I'm wrong about that. Larnaca only has one name. But she, so you land, you land on you you land on Larnaca in Larnaca, and that's like on the southern southeast part. And then you take a bus, which is an experience itself, to the capital Nicosia, and that's inland. And then if you want to go to the Turkish side, you actually have to show your passport. So there's like a Turkish flag and a Turkish guy. On like you go through this passport control thing, 
So you're in a country, you think you're in one country, but there's this disputed thing. So the Turks, they just set up like a passport control thing. And there's this big Turkish flag and you go, and then because actually Americans, this is a little known fact, Americans are generally welcome in Turkey. So you can visit the Northern part of the island because I've been to Istanbul and I've been to the capital and I've been to the, I can't even remember now, the town on the other side of the capital, uh, the beautiful city, Antalya and Ankara and so on. So I've been all over Turkey and generally speaking, Turkey is very, it's very nice to Americans. Um, the only time I had a trouble was, and this is a, an aside, but when we went to Istanbul for the second or third time, I didn't, I wasn't watching the news because I was just traveling with, um, with Anya, uh, my, my girlfriend from Ukraine, and we had been traveling for months and months and months. And so I'm not paying attention to the news. I was just grateful as, oh man, I don't have to pay attention to the United States, finally. It's like you have this giant half-drunk uncle that's always, you know, bitching, telling a story, complaining. It's like that's what the United States feels like after you get away from it for a while. Like this huge... I used to be a bodybuilder, you know. It's like, yeah, I, I, I know. Just you have another beer, Ted, you know. So I wasn't paying attention, but it turned out that we had had this big diplomatic brouhaha with Turkey like three days before or some, some period before. Like, no, it was more than that. It was like several weeks before. And then they had formally, oh, they had arrested one of our diplomats in the capital or a journalist or something, they, or they, they'd expelled them out, kicked them out. So the Trump reacted by kicking out one of the Turkish people in, the, in our capital, in the U.S. capital. So then Turkey said, okay, that's fine. Then, then we can't, we're not letting any Americans come here. And, you know, actually Americans go there. Americans uh, visit Turkey by the droves because you have some of the early remnants of the, the Byzantine Empire, which is the Catholic Church, is now Istanbul was Constantinople, which was the, the very seat of the Roman Empire after this, the, the Great Divide, right? After they divided it in terms of the Byzantine Empire and then the ba basically what amounted to the Catholic part of, of Rome, what became the Catholic part of Rome in Western Europe. And so, you know, there's a lot of Christians and, that go to... Istanbul to see, because you can see the earliest, earliest relics from Christianity. I mean, going all the way back to the, you know, like the, the, the original, I think it was, it's a, the church, the Sophia, I can't remember now. I think it's Sophia. That church was, has been sitting there since, since 300 CE, right? Like since, I mean, that, that's just super ancient, right? That was still when the Roman empire was a big deal, and they built, and then when Constantine converted to Christianity, it became Constantinople. I think in 325, and the Council of Nicaea actually is what that was. But anyway, so uh, you, uh, the guy, the passport control guy, it was three days or two days after they had lifted the ban on all Americans, and <laughs> I just came rolling in with my blonde girlfriend, like you know, what's up? You know, like, cause I had been to Istanbul before and we had a wonderful time and it was very, and the guy was very, very, very aggressive and weird. 
Like he was like asking me in English, why are you here? He's like, don't you watch the news? Like, why are you here? And he thought, he thought maybe I was a journalist or I wanted, you know, like I had some connection to this diplomatic tension that had just barely, not really actually resolved itself. And I was like, dude, I have no, I, I have no, you know, like a good American. I was like, dude, man, what do you mean? No, I just, I said, look, I have no idea what you're talking about. I really, honestly, I've been, I'm traveling with my girlfriend from Ukraine. I not, I don't know what's going on in, in Turkestan, in Trumpistan, you know, like, I don't know what's going on. I have nothing, no connection, dude. I swear. It's just my passport. Like I'm trying to, you know, like, I don't know. I'm, I really had to talk that way because he was really irate and he wasn't going to let me in. He was, he was like, nah. And then Anya started arguing with him and saying, well, I'm trying to get in and I'm a Ukrainian citizen. Are you saying since he, you're not letting him in, you're not letting me in? And he, he looks at her passport and he said, and he looks and saw that our stamps are together. So we really are traveling together. And so he let us in. So that was the only problem I've ever had in Turkey. And I don't think it's, it's, not, in, it's not typical because there was this diplomatic tension that had barely resolved itself and clearly not with him. So typically you go to Turkish lands and you're, you're fine. They're very tourist oriented. They're going to sell you carpets in the Grand Bazaar. Like you're going to like you, that some guy's going to be standing in this. The Grand Bazaar is grand and bizarre. Um, but like there'll be a guy that's just almost following you. And if you can't deal with like salespeople, it's really bad because there's these Turks and they like, hey, you know, and they speak English pretty well and they get a lot of British tourism and a lot of American tur- uh, tourism. And what they're trying to sell you these Turkish rugs and you're looking at it. It's like, dude, I'm not spending like two thousand seven hundred dollars for an original handwoven Turkish rug that's 11 feet high. Like, what am I going to do? How am I going to get it in the airplane? It's a giant rug, like a rollout rug for your living room. Like, no, dude, I'm. We're traveling. All I got is a backpack and a water bottle. Like I can't be packing an 11 foot rug around and I don't have any money. Right. Like, so it's very strange. But other than that, it's really wonderful. So and here's another and I just completely diverted off of uh, Cyprus. But here's another interesting point about being in Istanbul is in the Strait of Bosphorus. Right. You can see if you look, depending on which direction you're going, if you're going in the direction we were towards the spice market and you're on a ferry in the Bosphorus Strait, which is, it's a, like an inlet. It's like, you know, a body of water. You can look to your left and see Europe and look to your right and see Asia. It actually divides the continents. So you can actually see two continents just by glancing one way or the other on the ferry. That's kind of cool. So anyway, back to Cyprus, you go and they'll let you in because American, you know, American passport is good for tourist purpose in Turkish in any Turkish land. So, but it's strange because the, the Cypriot government, the Republic of Cyprus doesn't still to this day thinks the, the, the annexation of that Northern part is, was illegal. And so still to this day, it's not recognized by the EU. It's like illegitimate. It's like the EU says Turkey doesn't have it, but Turkey's just there. And there's a giant Turkish flag. And the reason I bring this up is that when you go across the other side, the Turkish side is very different because it's Muslim. It's no longer Greek or Cypriot, right? 
and the um, it there's nothing wrong with that, by the way. In fact, we ended up staying on the Turkish side more for a, some part of the month and a half I was there for the simple reason that it's um, it's cheaper actually, and it's wonderful tourism, and they have fantastic, just really fantastic resorts. So you go. Uh, you can go into from Nicosia if you go basically due north and you take we rented a car in Nicosia. You go due north and you hit Carinia and Carinia is a beautiful, beautiful coastal town. And then you go all the way up. And then we went to Famagusta, which is on the other side. That's on the east side. So you're pointing towards Lebanon on the map. And then if you go all the way up to the very, very tip. It has this little tip on it, and there are these absolutely gorgeous beaches. And I can't remember what it's called now, like Cape something. I wish I could remember what it's called. But you go all the way up to the tip, and uh, you get this, uh, like Cape Andreas, I think, on that tip. You get this, like, basically the Mediterranean has a high concentration of salt, and so what that means for the human body is, is if you go out there and there's these rocks and it's the sea and you kind of, it kind of looks like a giant shark. It looks like the ocean, right? So it's a little weird, but the water is like bath water warm and it's just beautiful. And you have this panoramic view of the Mediterranean and you go and you, you can float on your back on the water because the high salt content makes you more buoyant, Right. So you can just float without any special skills like you're on a raft, but on your bare back in the sea. And it's just fantastic. And in fact, I decided to get off of social media, including Instagram, while I was floating on my back off the Cape Andreas on this very northern tip of the island, Cyprus, because I just was thinking there's so much more to directly experience. And I had this kind of really cool sort of almost, you know, romantic era, if not religious moment, spiritual moment, let's say. And that's when I decided, yeah, because I was checking, I was doing this Instagram when we were traveling and checking it all the time. And I decided that that was a fool's errand. There was so much more. It's very cool. It was very cool. I also, by the way, got existentially depressed watching the sunset as we were getting ready to drive back. Um, there was this really beautiful sunset, but there was something really, really sad about that. It was like watching the dying of a world or something. It's just very, it's very poignant to be up there. And we met a, a wonderful British couple up there and, you know, we, yeah, we stayed, we stayed in all the major towns with rented the car we went back to Larnaca. Actually, we got married in Larnaca, and that's a whole different story. Um, and we actually sidestepped Limassol, which I said was, that's kind of a big party town, and it's, it's got a lot of Russians in it. But we ended up not going there. And we went out to Paphos, which is on the western side, and it's just gorgeous. And that's when we stayed with the British couple using, you know, like the bed and breakfast or the, what is it called, uh, you know, the, uh, I can't think of Airbnb. There we go. So yeah, um, that's the experience. Now, the reason I gave the, I wanted to do this podcast in the first place is there is a, and I want to be careful when I say this because I don't mean any disrespect to 
anyone when I say this. I'm just saying it's creepy on a visceral, emotional level, irrespective of the objective truth about it. It's just creepy. But when you're in, um, what town were we in? We were, where were we staying? We were actually in on the Turkish side of Nicosia, sort of outside the city. So on the outskirts of Nicosia in this kind of um, area. And we were staying there for a while. And it's very, it's very Turkish. So that means it's Muslim. And they have in this, in, in the neighborhood that we were staying. And this is the neighborhood where you have like gravel streets and like stray cats running around everywhere. And it's, you know, you're just not exactly, you just, you just roll with it. Basically. That's what you do. You roll with it. And so, yes, but when you, when you walk around at certain points in the day, I can't remember if it was hourly or, or what it was, but at certain points in the day, they have these huge loudspeakers that sit on like telephone poles and they're really loud and they, they're up high. So it's not like in your ear, they're way above your head, but they blast out this, like, it's like prayer chants, like prayers and so on. And it just goes out over the whole city periodically and it's really loud. And whatever you're doing, everyone stops what they're doing. So you could be like arguing about buying something and the guy will just stop. And you just sit there. So I'm, I'm not kidding. Like the entire, like if you're moving, I don't know what would happen to you if you were moving, but no one does that. Like no one. And that like you just stop what you're doing. It's like, it's like the Star Spangled Banner is being sung, Right. But it happens like every day periodically and you just you just stand there and it's easy to figure out what to do. You don't need to buy a travel book. You just look around like everyone just stops and stands and just waits and doesn't do anything, doesn't talk, doesn't walk, nothing, just waits. And then when it go, I think it goes for like a minute, too. And then when it's done, everybody just starts talking again. Like it's just like the moment of, you know, uh, silence and the moment of reverence for Islam. And I have some video of it when it happened to us the first time we were in an alley and it was like, it was very unnerving, frankly. And we got, we got used to it when we discovered what it was, but the first time you hear it, you think, okay, this is the end. Like, this is it. This is bad. What do we do? And then you just realize, oh no, that's just how it goes. That's just what's going on. And after that, it was fine. So that's actually, that was actually a long run up just to tell that story, but if you can go to Cyprus, do not, don't, don't be hesitant or be fearful of anything like this. In fact, the entire experience is just frankly wonderful. And, you know, fly into Larnaca. That's what we did. Um, you can also, I think it's the main, by the way, I think there's a, I don't think there's a Turkish airport. I don't think you can access it from the Turkish side. So you have to. I think the, I'm not sure if there's another airport, but there's a major one in Larnaca, like a bit, you know, it's a good, it's a good airport. It's like no problem getting a ticket and getting there and then just rent a car or you can take these buses, which are cool because you haggle with the guy about how much the price is and shit, you know, and some people don't like that. And I don't like it sometimes. And other times I find it interesting kind of sociologically, but, and you don't have to, by the way, you can, but if you're trying to get like the best ticket and you're you know, kind of like, look, you know, you're taking like the, you know, the, the most economic way, then you, you, yeah, you're just good luck. Like you're, you're going to get crammed into this bus and it's, it's pretty interesting, but, um, go see it. 
don't be worried about anything. It's completely safe. And Nicosia is pretty cool. It reminds you of Greece. So I've been to Athens. It's kind of like Greece. I think it's a little cheaper, frankly, than Greece. And you can actually just see the entire island on a, with a rental car. Probably a weekend would, a, a long weekend, like a three-day weekend, you could probably see the entire island. But go see it and see the Turkish side. Go to Kyrenia because it's really, really beautiful. Kyrenia is just awesome. And go down and see, you know, Paphos and all that. And you'll see lots of British people left over from when it was a British colony. I think from 1917, they took it. I think after it was, maybe it was connected to the war or something, the first war. But I think it was all the way back in the early 20th century where they call it, they took it as a colony. And then they gave it back in the 1960s. So that was nice of them. But it still remains. You still drive on the other side, on the right side, like the British do. So all the cars that you rent are actually still in the UK style. And there's a lot of British influence, particularly in the, the southern part. Not so much in the northern part, but people, do, people go up to the Turkish, side, Turkish part um, as well. So, you know, when we were way up on the point on the Cape Andreas, like I told you, we met this British couple and, you know, they were just chilling, just like on vacation. So yeah, do it. You're out in the middle of the Mediterranean and it's super fun. That's my travel log with a little bit of history and that's it. <laughs>